and welcome to Hardcover Hose, a long-distance book club where two book lovers express their feelings on their book of the moment via podcast. I am one half of your host, Sam Dixon. And I'm Sammy Scorstad. Together we have come through book talk, combined our to-be-read lists, and now we intend to make our way through them one book at a time. We'd love for you to come along with us and join the discussion. The books of the moment for today's episode are An Absolutely Remarkable Thing and A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor by Hank Green. Just a forewarning, for those of you listening, this is not a spoiler-free zone. We will be discussing these books in all of their glory, which of course includes revealing the ending. The author of the Carl's Duology, Hank Green, is one of the internet's most notable uncles. Hank is a science communicator, video creator, and entrepreneur, having founded Complexly Subbable, VidCon, and DFTBA.com. He's a host of Crash Course and SciShow, and you can find him on YouTube, Twitter, and most recently, TikTok. Before we jump into discussing our own thoughts and feelings regarding these books, I'm going to go ahead and read through the blurb on the back of book one for the sake of contextualizing them. Quote, the Carls just appeared. Roaming through New York City, 23-year-old April May stumbles across a giant sculpture. Delighted by its appearance and craftsmanship, like a 10-foot-tall transformer wearing a suit of samurai armor, April and her best friend Andy make a video with it, which Andy uploads to YouTube. The next day, April wakes up to a viral video and a new life. News quickly spreads that there are Carls in dozens of cities around the world, from Beijing to Buenos Aires. And April, as their first documentarian, finds herself at the center of an intense international media spotlight. Seizing the opportunity to make her mark on the world, April now has to deal with the consequences her new particular brand of fame has on her relationships, her safety, and her own identity. All... And all eyes are on April to figure out not just what the Carls are, but what they want from us. Without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, so exciting things. I love these books, Mm -hmm. um, which is no secret to anyone who's ever had a discussion with me for more than five minutes. That um, Hank Green, I... uh, is someone who shaped who I am as an individual. Um... And when he announced that he was writing an absolutely remarkable thing, I was like, this is so exciting, right? I was also living in New York City at the time. And um, him and John both always start their book tours in New York. And they always do a, like, book launch event in a big... Usually they do it at, um, at the town hall, like, near Times Square. And it was, of course, the same for Hank. Uh, and I ended up seeing that he tweeted out a secret event that was the day before the day of his book release. And it was on Wall Street, which is uh, extremely close to where Sammy and I lived at one point. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I rushed over there and I made it in and it was like a free event. And it was like super last minute secret kind of vibes. And I got like the third row in this, like, it was kind of like a speakeasy now that I'm thinking about, like, what the venue was. And Hank was there with the narrator of the audiobook, whose name I don't remember. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Um, <laughs> and they did a Q&A moment, right, with the audience. And because I was short, nobody was picking me. <laughs> like, oh, the, host, the host did not call my name. Or, like, call on me to uh, to ask my question. And I recall having... This was not the first time I um, saw Hank in person. 
Um, mm-hmm. It was, however, the last. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sad. Uh, I know, now that I think about it. Um, but Hank, like, made a sad face gesture at me when they ended the Q&A section without picking on me. Um, and after the show, he came into the audience and came up to me to ask me what my question was. Oh, my God! And I cried and was in too much shock to uh, actually think what at the all. question was. Yeah. Um, but I did ask him, like, how did you know that when you were writing this book, this was going to be a book? You know, like, how did you oh. how did you have an idea and know this is going to be a book? And then also, how did you know when it was done being a book? Ooh. You know, uh, which jokes on me because we all thought it was just going to be one book. Nobody right. knew it was going to be a duology at that time. It wasn't out yet. Right. Um, and he said that he had been like he's written a lot of things over the years, like scripts for things. Mm-hmm. And he said that when he had April's character in mind, he knew that one way or another, and no matter what her story would end up being, her story would be a story at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he said he started writing and he had some funny ideas and he was like, I don't want to take myself too seriously mm-hmm. when writing because uh, I'm not the author brother, but I could be, right? And then... An absolutely remarkable thing was born. And it is remarkable. And it is remarkable. Um, <laughs> and I remember just being so excited. And so the next day at Town Hall was the actual event. And when you go to a book tour event, you usually get a signed copy with your ticket. So I have a signed copy of an absolutely remarkable thing. But I also, when I opened it for a reread, have the, what's that called? What do they give you at an event? Playbook. Like a p- playbill. Oh, I have the playbill from that night. Oh, fun. Tuesday, September 25th, 2018, with a picture of Hank's little face on it. Mm -hmm. And John was there also, and he came and gave out uh, New Zealand five-cent coins to everybody at the meet and greet. I also accidentally ended up in the meet and greet greet, because I was there with some friends. Um, Uh And I remember being, like, super excited for a book I've never read by someone I never really thought too much into being an author. Mm-hmm. And I I think you and I have the same bias of loving Hank, right? Yeah. So you really want to like it. Very the badly. The thing is, is it's very likable. <laughs> yes, it is. So tell me about your experience reading. Um, the, let's talk about book one first, because okay. these are two very separate things in my head, because I had to wait two years between them right. to, uh, to know what happens. So, okay, I mean, you've hyped these up so much. And then I, okay, Hank Green for me was um, my lord and savior during AP Bio. (laughs) Um, So, like, I just had him as, like, oh, the science dude. He's the science green brother. Mm -hmm. And, um, but then he joined TikTok. And (laughs) he is just such a lovable human I think like everyone just loves like and how he interacts with people on TikTok and how he talks about himself on TikTok. And then like I also get all the behind the scenes stuff because he's not very braggy. Like they're not like mm-hmm. we donate all this money to charity and then you have all these facts of like they are just genuinely like the nicest humans right? ever. So I get like I've gotten so much from you about how magnificent the Green Brothers are. And then I fell in love with Hank through tiktok and like how i got magically got a four on that ap bio test um (laughs) and 
Because for the record, I didn't take regular biology freshman year of high school. You're supposed to take biology before you take AP biology. I just jumped straight to AP biology. So I had to teach myself baseline biology to pass that class. Anyways, that was all Hank. I didn't even take the test, to be honest with you. I took AP bio and then never took the test because I knew I would fail. (laughs) Fair enough. I I pulled a four out of somewhere. (laughs) I don't know how. Um, Out of Hank Green's ass, basically. Literally. Literally. <laughs> literally. Thank you, Hank Green. Um, yeah, but then, so I started reading this book, and I've recently discovered I really like having audiobooks while I go on long walks. Mm-hmm. And I started my walk, my normal walk, which is about an hour. I have, like, a little route that I do. And I ended up walking, I think, two hours that day because I wanted to keep listening to the book. Aww. And I just kept walking. And I – because it was so good. And then I, I finished it in one night. And then I got home and I was like, I'm going to do some busy work. Oh, this is when I was painting all the rocks. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was paint. I had to paint campfires <laughs> on rocks. <laughs> and they turned out very pretty. But usually I watch trash reality TV while I do that um shout out to below deck but um this time i listened to hank's book and i just like stayed up until i finished it and because i just did not want to stop it was so good i loved okay first of all sam and i are both 23 yeah uh we both lived in new york city sam for much longer than i did but so it was like it just felt so also i mean i'm bisexual so it was just like there were little things (laughs) about this character April May that I was like oh okay I see myself in her I see myself in her and then you didn't want to see yourself in her because she just kind of (laughs) but you did (laughs) but you did and you're like oh shit that's what I would do if I became famous overnight too and I would also become insufferable I think because that's just kind of the society we live in also just her self-worth issues i (laughs) relate to a lot and i must find validation elsewhere uh for myself um yeah so ultimately i absolutely love this book i and like genuinely i think i might because i looked up like reviews on goodreads and it is it does overall have very good reviews like people generally really love his books Mm -hmm. and i found myself getting angry with anyone who did not give him a five like five stars i was like welcome to the dark side i know well because i was like no like i i love him so much and like i just feel like i've gotten to know him which is Mm -hmm. like god the parasocial relationships or whatever like i am a like a product of the society we live in that's fine whatever but um I adore him and I feel like I know him and so anytime someone was like "Mm, I don't know like yeah I guess it was kind of good but like not my favorite or like Mm -hmm. I didn't like the writing style and I'm like no he like his personality is on every (laughs) single page yeah Like, like isn't this so cool that he's this tiktok star and this book is about (laughs) science like and he's the science guy and so it's like it's this perfect blend of science and then like a commentary on contemporary society and social Mm -hmm. media and all this stuff like this is hank green every page is hank green even though it's about a 23 year old bisexual female like yeah it hey, is but hank, it hank is by hank is by hank is by <laughs> right right okay so you got one thing there but so it's just like i 
oh my god that that tiktok video where it's like yeah. you straight <laughs> <laughs> if you've heard the tiktok audio you know what you we know because we did not <laughs> did not make any sense no um so uh long story short those are my thoughts those are my chaotic thoughts on um the first book uh i'm this is my the episode where i just out myself as the biggest nerd on the planet right Uh uh-huh um so i have you know i have loved both john and hank since um you were an insufferable tumblr girl more before that like okay so they started off as a youtube channel where they did what was called brotherhood 2.0 and it was they decided wouldn't it be funny if for a year if we could not contact each other at all the only way we could talk is through YouTube videos. Oh, I didn't know this. So they started by, that's why when they have a Vlogbrothers video on their main channel, one of them starts with, uh, good morning, Hank, or good morning, oh. John. So they've kept this little thing from that all these years later. So they were like, for a whole year, they did not text, they did not call, they did not email. They only could talk to each other and tell each other about life and whatever is going on through YouTube videos. And it started to get an audience and a little community in which they called the nerd fighters which is still the community name to this day and Amazing. um i love that so much and then they transitioned into vlog brothers uh and stopped calling it brotherhood 2.0 okay um and instead they started doing only videos on wednesday on, sorry on tuesdays and fridays and um, they just started to gather this community where it was like, it's, this is, it's not a bad thing to be nerdy. It is mm-hmm. a good thing to feel passionate. It is a good thing to be weird. It is a good thing to not necessarily fit in. And it is a, above all, a good thing to want to be smart. That was like their mm-hmm. thing. So quickly after, right, they started Crash Course and uh, which is now probably the biggest educational online resource ever. <laughs> like, I, like my all of my every history class, I think ever through middle school and high school, every teacher <laughs> played John Green's Crash yeah. Course. Yeah, right. Yeah, like every I think every student to some degree has seen a Hank, a, a Hank or a John, right, yeah. in a classroom. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of that and. Or those were one like, in the morning, the night before a test. True, and like Google on three times speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, thank God somebody made a playlist of these exactly. videos. For exactly what I yes. did. Yes, we've all been there. Um, and I, I think at its core, right, is they've always wanted to be inclusive. They've been supportive of queer people forever. It's none of this like we had to question if John and Hank supported the good things and were against the bad things. They've always been clear and transparent about Mm -hmm. what they support and who they support. They created a resource a few years ago about like how to vote in every state. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they they constantly create these things. And I think like there's so many things like Hank is known for his million dollar ideas, Mm -hmm. which is where he uh, will always tell John, can we have money to do make this thing? And John will have to decide if that's really a million dollar idea or not. <laughs> and it, this has paid off more times than not. Uh, like Hank started VidCon. That's insane. And sold it eventually. But yeah, like that's a huge thing. And I think like it was originally for the like OG OGs and now it's like a, a big influencer event and right. stuff like that, which is fine. Right. This is this is how the internet evolves but i think that this book being about primarily like the effects of social media is that he is the person to write that 
mm-hmm. because he has seen like what social media does, how it works. He's like a dad of YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think like to watch his knowledge come out on paper. Yes. Is so interesting. And on top of that, like you said, this book is every bit of him. Yeah. And it's goofy as you try. The reason like people won't read this book when I, when I like try to describe it is because a, a lot of people these days don't read a lot of sci-fi. Right. Right. Uh, and B, you have big sculpture aliens that turn people into grape jelly. And that concept doesn't, click with people yes (laughs) i have also realized this like my mom asked like oh what's it about and i started (laughs) talking and then quickly kind of just had this look of like embarrassment on my face (laughs) yeah like i promise it's really good like it doesn't it's not as weird as it sounds but then it's like Oh, it is kind of weird, but it's so good. It's okay that it's weird. <laughs> it's it's so goofy. And I think that mm-hmm. Hank, one, did that because that's his personality. And two, did that because he's making a goofy time out of something really. Yeah. Like, there's that undertone of, no, this is all real, though. Like, okay, aliens and grape jelly, right? Not necessarily on our list of things that happen every day. But... Mm-hmm. People going crazy and ruining their relationships with their everybody in their lives for fame. Yes. And the internet. And Hank says every day, like, I wish that I could have written this when TikTok was a thing. Yeah. Because that is just a whole nother level of... Because it would have absolutely changed, like, the last scene in the book where Mm -hmm. uh, April's live on Facebook. Like, who goes live on Facebook anymore? But going live on TikTok? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Uh, but but I think that this is a book that will continue to hold its own. You know, it's timeless in a way. It is, yeah. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> should, should we actually talk about the book now? Yeah, I guess we could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guess that that's a that's a thing we could do. Um, so April May, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, I just want to say that um, I had the most surreal experience when I first read this book. Because I was reading it on my lunch break when I was working at this place called Blue Dog on on Twenty Third Street, uh, across the street from the Chipotle, where Hank writes that the first Carl appeared. Wild. And I remember being like, "Wait!" Looking up and being like, "Uh." (laughs) I remember I tweeted Hank a picture, uh, and he like retweeted it because it was funny. But I was like, "Oh my god, this is the weirdest shit." Yeah. I, am I in the twilight zone? <laughs> like, oh, I remember you weird. telling me that. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> um, so April May, Dogs. she finds a thing and she wants to, you know, be kind of goofy about it. And it becomes a thing that blows up her life. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why it's easy to both like and dislike April's character is because of how real she is. Yeah. Like, she had a norm, like a pretty accurate response to gaining overnight fame. Exactly. Where she, but then she had this kind of like, I'm not like other girls energy, <laughs> yeah. only to be like other girls. Like, which yeah. is what we always say of like, it's like that pick me energy, but like mm-hmm. in a, like, it's pick me because you say you're not pick me. Right. Um, And so she had this like, she this video blows up because they make a youtube video her and her friend andy make a youtube video kind of where they're pretending to interview carl this giant sculpture 
that showed up out of nowhere. And ultimately, their video, that video is kind of what introduces Carl to the whole world. Mm-hmm. And they get asked to go on talk shows, podcasts, all these interviews, everything. They go to L.A., like, all the big stuff. And she's kind of like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm on, like, kind of like a Jimmy Kimmel type thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't give a shit, you know? (laughs) Um, It's not cool for me. It's just like – and then so she goes off script. And she's like – and Andy is sitting there next to her like, why can't you appreciate how awesome – this is and she's like i don't like tv i don't yeah. care you know but then it be- it like it also was like oh i have power right. i have influence and this feeling of power and influence and just like it is feeding this hole inside of me <laughs> that i didn't really know was there mm-hmm. and like i feel like i don't want to get i don't want to lose this that's this thing that's filled me up. Yeah. Um, it's let's chase the high. Yes, exactly. Over and over and over again. Yes. Which is ultimately detrimental to uh, April's relationships and, and herself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, in more ways than one. But what I think is really interesting too, right, is how uh, Hank just predicts a lot of things yeah. and says things that are so overly accurate that it's a little scary, right? <laughs> I There were multiple times I was reading, especially the second book, mm-hmm. and I was like, ooh, oh, oh. <laughs> that hits a little too close to home. <laughs> yeah, and the second book came out in 2020, and it's not like Hank was writing down to the wire of that one, right? No. He was writing from 2018 when the first book was published to... 2020 it wasn't like <laughs> i shit you not there is a line about I know. like <laughs> pandemics <laughs> pandemics world wars and yeah. um god what is, oh climate it was climate change pandemics and world wars yep yep <laughs> welcome yep. to 2022 <laughs> <laughs> it is very interesting i think to reread these books and be like oh yeah. oh oh <laughs> okay uh also just the way um there's such a goofy so like the dream right the big part right. of this book is this dream that since uh carl's hand pops off when uh april touched it with like some iodine metal yeah thank you and americium 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 listen um we're not <laughs> hank you're the science, science. one not yeah, us. We're, we're not the science <laughs> ones for sure Uh, (laughs) and uh so april gets this dream and then it's kind of like a contagious dream is the idea Mm -hmm. right and so the more people come in contact with someone who has the dream the dream spreads and the dream is like a riddle and it's a puzzle and you're trying to get through it to get answers and things like this and um there's all of these conspiracies that start to pop up after that. Like, there's obviously some that come with the Carls in the beginning. Right. But because they don't really do anything, like... It's just kind of like, eh. It's whatever. But after that, it's like, our brains are being infiltrated by something, and it's probably dangerous, is the is the concept that a lot of people take. Something's changing, and we don't know why, and we don't have any control over it. Right, and it's in our minds as individuals. And yeah. that's scary, to people which I, I get that um but then you see these like radical extremists basically mm-hmm. and this is so scary accurate like yeah. the way they react to carl right 
like we see we see these kind of radical extremists in real life over things over anything really um and i think that's fucking terrifying how accurate but how how he made this description basically of a group and how they act and how they talk on the news and on their web forums and stuff like that that is like if you applied that to any IRL like topic it would mm-hmm. stay the same <sighs> yeah yep <laughs> uh, and i think he definitely was pulling on you know the first couple years of the trump administration mm-hmm. um he did have that as content <laughs> sorry i was while you're talking i was googling because not only did he predict predict like all of these social things and stuff yeah but it was the carls 20, the carls <laughs> yeah the 2020 those random yeah obelisks. the carls <laughs> yeah the literal sculptures that showed up it was 87 yeah or something more and then they disappeared yeah <laughs> um yeah I was. I remember when that happened and being like, "Is this some weird marketing technique <laughs> that Hank is for using? Hank's book?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't. Isn't uh, that scarier? <laughs> Where? Yeah. Be, okay. So here's the thing with like the science fiction aspect of this book of like okay, because when April, the first video she makes. She puts her hand on Carl when she's, like, pretending to interview him or something. And she's, like, it's not cold, but it's not hot. Like, I don't know what it is. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. And then, like, she knocks it. And it's this weird thud that doesn't really make sense for the material it looks like. Right. And that's how she meets Miranda, who emails Mm -hmm. her. And is, like, "Um, so you said this. I'm a material scientist. Um, that seems not right. Uh, could you check again and email me again? And then Miranda gets to touch the one that's over in Oakland and because she's at Berkeley. Right. And then she's like, okay, April, um, just let you know, this uh, very well might be uh, not from Earth because yeah. that is not possible. Basically and, aliens. <laughs> yes. So you, um, you had first contact. Yeah. You are literally, literally first contact with uh, an alien something or other. Um, and so April kind of was like, huh, okay, <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah. So, and like, I, th- I felt like the way she kind of dealt with it too was a very like, okay, minor freak out, yeah. what is happening, but also that excitement of I, it was me. Yeah. And now I'm going to be able to use this. Yeah. To further gain more traction and attention and all of all of the things. Yeah. Um so it, and what's cool about like the science fiction aspect of the first book and the second book is that Hank knows all of this shit. Like he has that <laughs> knowledge. So he and he also has had all of the practice through crash course of dumbing down these complex things. <laughs> but like still but still making them sound so like credible and stuff. So like because a lot of science fiction books it's like super out there, weird and like making shit up or something. Especially with like alien stuff. It's like making up how it was possible. And mm-hmm. it might not be super, like, okay, that doesn't, like, I don't know about that. Like, that, like, I'll just accept it and move on. But yeah. Hank's books, I'm actually reading them kind of like, whoa, okay. 
Science. Like, science. <laughs> and Hank, like, knows what he's, like, he knew ways to explain it and to make the story happen that were credible with, like, actual science. You know? Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Because I'm uh, low-key the person where if there's, like, a science-y thing described in a book, Just I skip it. Skim it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I didn't because I didn't have to in these yeah. ones. Did I fully get it? Not really. But I skipped individual words. Some of the words I was like, nope. But, like, I could read the sentences. <laughs> I, and and the thing is, right, is it's it's an accessible read. Yes. Science Which fiction. Is- but make yeah, it yeah which is why yeah. a lot of the things that could be complicated instead are funny for example yeah carl turning that one guy who stabbed shot stabbed stabbed april in the back into jelly yep grape jelly he could have eviscerated the person right mm-hmm. and blipped him out or whatever right it could have been more sciencey no it was grape jelly yeah well, i don't know mm-hmm. but now he's grape jelly right yeah and i think that that is such a funny way of coming at things too that it's like that makes no sense but you know what aliens right <laughs> right like <laughs> mm-hmm. um and i you know i think this book has a lot of found family aspects 100 percent, yeah and then like the heartbreaking found family splits apart kind of vibes mm-hmm. um <laughs> but like you know you have you have this weird relationship that april and maya have where april's like not really ready to admit their commitment mm-hmm. you know it keeps her mattress in the in a, in a living room, room. Yeah. like no we're roommates <laughs> but we also date like, right yeah we usually sleep in the same bed but um yeah get yeah, ready of that match <laughs> of a commitment for me exactly you know and these are also things that you see in real relationships and mm-hmm. i think like to see how her relationship develops with Maya throughout the story. But I, I think then you see, like, how April starts to uh, prioritize other things over her yeah. own relationship. And then even, like, you know, she appreciates Miranda. But she does use Miranda. She uses Miranda, yeah. Which yeah. is so sad. Super sad, because Miranda's a super lovable character. And then, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's Robin, who's also a lovable character, aside from the fact that he's, like, not saying something very important throughout the whole book, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's Andy, who's really lovable too, and kind of like her partner in crime with all of this. But she also, like, at some level, is using Andy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you see, like, how this starts to continue to evolve in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah. ultimately ruin all of the relationships. <laughs> yep, <laughs> where all of her. <laughs> All of her relationships become kind of transactional. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think, I do think though, like Andy, she starts treating other people like that. And I think maybe Miranda's relationship was, I think they kind of talk about it in either the first or the second book. But Miranda is like not going to be, is like met April when she was already famous. And so just has this kind of like awe factor with April. Mm-hmm. and so is is like yes they're close and they're like good friends and they're in this journey together but also they're like it's like it's not an even playing field with them right but then andy i think andy always had this love for april like mm-hmm. i mean they talk about that like genuine love love um but 
April started to get transactional and stuff, but like he was kind of always there behind her back. And then Maya was always there kind of calling shit on yeah. all of it all and was like, uh-uh, dude, like, what do you think you're doing? This is a mistake. You are not the person that I fell in love with ultimately. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? And yeah, but it's just, I think. Oh, I was going to say something. I had something so smart to say. Fuck. <laughs> Before we move on to discuss the rest of the Carl's duology, let's listen to a quick word about the brand sponsoring today's episode. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. All right, let's continue the conversation. Okay, I remember what I was going to say. Yeah. Okay, so... This is interesting. So I think with April, too, a big part of the thing that I was kind of um, like saw myself in Mm -hmm. was like, so she she's aware of all these social issues and stuff. She's privileged. She's making money like she grew up pretty privileged, all this stuff. She has student loans, but like she kind of makes jokes like, oh, well now like with all the money from the YouTube video that just blew up, I was able to pay off my student loans or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And then but she also, she's like she's kind of convincing herself that she's going to go with this whole being famous thing, being the person who's like, they. she ultimately decides she's going to make herself into a brand. Yeah. She is going to become this, like, the human, the opposite of Carl, but, like, also the representation for humanity in how they interact with Carl. Right. And these alien forces. And, like, we're small and we're weak, but we're, like, open open to what this is. And we're, like, where Carl is this big, strong alien foreign thing. Like, I am human and all this stuff. And so... But she's also like, as I create this, I'm going to use this, like, maybe when I have a platform, I'll be able to talk about, like, income inequality, racism, homophobia. I'm going to talk about these big things. I don't know how I'm going to fix them, but I'm going to – I'm going to be a voice. I'm going to be a voice, but also, like, no clue how to do that. Doesn't Mm -hmm. know and, like, ultimately gets the platform and doesn't really do that. Because it just gets kind of wrapped up in the whole thing. But I think for a lot of us who, I mean, I've never really thought about, like, if I were to become famous overnight, what would I do with that? Yeah. But I I think I would also have that moment of, okay, well, I can do something good with this. But then ultimately, I don't have the education for that. I am not in the place to make these grand statements and be the voice of an entire generation on Mm -hmm. these things that I do not experience and don't know anything about, but know that they're there. We, I know we're told every day that there are the, all these problems and we don't know what to do about it. So it's like, okay, well, we'll just say something. We'll just do like, I don't know. So I think that was an interesting aspect of it all too, where she was like, okay, yeah, I'll just, I'm going to use my platform for good. Mm-hmm. And then it just snowballed like crazy. Yeah. And you're right. When she, and when she's be, like becoming a brand, right. Mm-hmm. That's when you really start to see cracks in her yes. relationships with everybody else. And ultimately, you know, like 
you have this this enemy of the the duology, right? Which is Peter. Right. Fucking Peter. Fucking Peter, man. Um, mm-hmm. Peter. Ben uh, Shapiro. Who's... Yes. Oh. <laughs> <gasps> oh. I literally, speechless. I think, pictured him like Ben Shapiro. I'm speechless. Yep. Oh my god. Or even Joe Rogan, honestly. Hmm. I think more Ben Shapiro. More, more of ben a pussy. Shapiro. I see him as more of a pussy <laughs> than anything. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I think, like, Joe Rogan is a dick and probably also a pussy, but he doesn't look like a uh, pussy. You know, you know? I'm, g- I'm going to say so I'm not a fan of cu- using the word pussy in a week. Okay. It as, like, a weak thing. Yeah. I, I get the, re- the reclaiming of the word pussy. I-, I get that. Yeah. I don't know why. It just gives me, like, a... Mm. Like, I don't want to call them pussies. Of, yeah, I know what you mean. I know yeah. What you mean. yeah. That's it. I get you. Okay. Um, I, I just think, like, I definitely think he's more of a Ben Shapiro yeah. vibe. Scrawny. Yeah. Weak, hiding behind cameras. Yeah. Saying big things to piss people off, but not, like... Truly bottom of the food chain. Yes. Know? Yes. But, like, um. <laughs> faking it. Faking this big energy because they're so yeah. insecure and so small-minded and probably have a tiny tiny little dick micro penis yes not even just tiny no it is inside like it doesn't even come out yeah i can't wait to put the explicit on this episode (laughs) when it when it goes up by the way um uh but yeah like peter becomes this enemy and though he's not necessarily april's like true focus because he she's more focused on like you know the brand for why carl could be positive right? right um but peter does become like this ringleader of this like gaggle of extremists online right where it's it's the ultimate uh fear what you don't know and don't understand exactly yeah and you just see this like transition to he becomes this like the face of the enemy but the enemy is like you said like fear of the unknown like Mm -hmm. fear of not knowing or understanding this thing um and it ultimately ends up literally killing April. April. Both the both the extremist and her own inability to not put the fucking phone down and focus for a second and ask for help. Yeah. Right. And you're you're disappointed by this because, you know, you're you're watching this like you know she's a strong character. You know mm-hmm. she's like a like underneath she's got a good person there. You know, mm-hmm. she's just doing unsmart things right and when she ultimately like stops listening to her friends and tries to go off by herself you know because she has to get the story she's going to be the one there right she She thinks exactly yes (sighs) and it ultimately leads to her demise literally yep like actually dying momentarily Mm -hmm. right (laughs) like Mm -hmm. And spoiler it's, alert. It's extra. This whole thing's a spoiler. <laughs> this, we we spoiler alert a long time ago. Okay. Um, but there's this extra disappointing thing that not only was she thinking she was going to go meet Carl or whatever in this last scene, mm-hmm. it's like it's the extremists like literally killing her. Yeah. Which is something that would absolutely happen. Mm hmm. IRL. Like, people, crazy people in audiences have killed famous people. Yeah. For no reason, right? And a lot of them are total fucking idiots. And don't even, like, they're just blinded by this rage that they don't even understand. Yeah. And, yeah. 
Ooh, ooh. Um, yeah. So imagine me in 2018 finishing this book and being like, first of all, I thought it was supposed to be one. Mm-hmm. And second of all, how long do I have to wait for the next one? <laughs> right. Um, but also, you and I both, li- both listened to the audiobook this time around. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the last chapter in uh, the first book is narrated by Hank. Okay, this is what, because you were like, kind of saying as I was going through it you're like have you heard it yet like kind of and I'm like I know Hank's voice is going to be in there somewhere because he's listed yeah. on audible as like being <laughs> one of the narrators <laughs> and it's been like 90% of the book and we haven't heard it yet and so for me at first I was like okay April's going to meet Carl he's going to be the voice <laughs> the voice of Carl that would have been cool <laughs> which I also think would have been a cool move but he was Andy he was Andy at the very yeah. end mm-hmm. and it was like heartbreaking it really was um did you end up reading the uh the author's note in this one I did there was um one line at like the near end of it, it that just like made me so happy yeah was um I also want to thank every single person who ever says you have to read this book mm-hmm. to a friend. I don't care if it's this book. I just want people to remind each other how wonderful books are. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That just, uh, that made me so happy. Hank is the kind of author that I think all authors should aspire to be. And we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, right? Where like people want to write from that are not their own and then mm-hmm. they don't do it well or they don't do it. Because they're, like, not having a team. They're, like, not trying hard enough to right. write things accurately. Hank's not a woman. Hank is mm-hmm. bi, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also has a black character. You know, he's got he's got things that are from perspectives that are not his own. Mm-hmm. And I loved that he, like, fully shouts out his team. Yes. In the acknowledgments. Yes. And I loved that the fucking uh oh my god this made me cry the um first responders that help april when she stabbed Mm -hmm. are named jessica and Mitty. yep and how he was like thank you to jessica and Mitty, real first responders uh ambulance first responders who dm'd him to give him info about what that's like and he named them crying um but i also just loved where he you know he shouts out ashley c ford and a a bunch of other people who you know helped him write from perspectives of both women of black women and things like this and i'm like yeah this is what this is what it is that Mm -hmm. authors need to do this is the this is the blueprint this is what i want it takes a village yes and it also you need to shout out the right peoples you know yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and give credit where credit is due how you know he said, like, maybe more important than any of that, I could not have written this book if uh, I had not been taken on a weirdly remarkable journey into tier three fame by a bunch of very cool and very supportive people who like my videos, tweets, reblogs, posts, and podcasts mm-hmm. in a very real way. Nerdfighteria created this. Mm-hmm. And I, I just cry um, yeah. <laughs> a lot in, in regards to these brothers in general. But that particularly made me um, sob. I even wrote in there, I'm sobbing. Um, <laughs> I think now we should move on to the next one because we've been recording longer than I thought that this yes. would take. Um, so the next one, April's not dead. No. And these mysterious books have been given yes, to some of the characters. Of good times. The Book of Good Times. Um, I loved the transition to only april's voice into everybody's voices Mm -hmm. very much felt like um you know the found family separate 
right now, but we know they're going to come back together. Right. You know, which is, I think, just something I really like in general in books. Um, mm-hmm. But I loved hearing from Maya. Yeah. Because she I got slighted mm-hmm. a lot in the first book. I loved hearing her be like, yeah, I loved April. I'm, I will not accept the fact that she's dead. Yeah. They didn't and find a body. She may have like done a lot to piss me off mm-hmm. <laughs> and hurt me in different ways, but she is someone that I love. Yeah. There's one line where it was like, oh God, now I'm going to want to find it. But where they're ta- like talking about love in that sense. And it mm-hmm. was like, um, I don't know. I'll, I'm not going to be able to find it right now. But it was okay. like so beautiful the way she was like, love isn't about like all the good things. It, it, like it truly is like, I love everything about her, including the shit that is keeping her from really loving me. The way mm-hmm. that she wants to and knowing yeah. that it's coming from a place of like pain and like that's okay and I still love her and it, it's not this like I need to change her. Right. Yeah. I just uh... – and there's the part of you that's like from based on book one, you kind of feel like, I mean, Maya deserves better than April in a relationship. Yeah. Yes. And that's why I loved – april's redemption arc like Mm -hmm. uh throughout like once we finally get april back right obviously there's i'm skipping over a lot of (laughs) them like Mm -hmm. not knowing they're looking for her necessarily and not knowing why these books are leading them to do weird things right but i think no one could have found april except maya like that scene Mm -hmm. where where there's music blaring and the door swings open and Maya's like, there's no one else it could have been. Yep. Yep. Uh, and I we love- never Ugh. we haven't yeah, talked ahead. about all of the like 80s pop songs. Yeah, I love first of all, okay. I know you don't have Spotify. I don't. Shout out to Spotify for buying our sponsor anchor. Um I love Hank Green for a billion reasons, but I also love that he never understood until recently that um Spotify was like public like you can see what other people are listening to and stuff uh-huh. um, and he has playlists oh my he God. has a playlist for a beautifully foolish endeavor and then he has separate playlists for each of the characters oh my god does he have a Carl playlist oh my god I don't know I can't should. remember I can't remember because, okay ultimately in this book Carl is also one of the perspectives <laughs> yes so we oh, yeah. get to hear yeah. from Carl they they decide to call him they because it's like not mm-hmm. male or female i also love alien. that yeah that was also i loved cool. that i love this man um yeah. <laughs> um and so uh they carl talks about like okay so here's the deal i came to earth in 1979 mm-hmm. um i didn't know why didn't know how I was just um like not even cells I was just kind of like a a thing and I found and then it was like this got really sciencey and I'm not I'm gonna say I didn't quite understand it I don't know if I just didn't really give myself a chance to really read it and understand it Mm -hmm. but it was also like all right this is gonna get really sciencey heads up yeah it'll be fast (laughs) but it's necessary um and so Carl they kind of spread all across the earth. And so they've actually been there since 
1979. And mm-hmm. so that is why all of those 80s pop songs are like those are the that's why the songs are there it's like those were the first songs that carl like ultimately heard yeah yeah and came to love yeah which is a part of humanity so fucking funny i just fucking love it i love all the music references yeah um also i love that now we know the context of when like hank recently made that tiktok about how much it costs to put lyrics from songs yes in yes I, I was like i put little money signs every time I there was a lyric lyrics. yeah <laughs> um but yeah so we get to see like a lot of carl's perspective to as to why april right and right. because april's like why am i special why was it me Carl chose me. And ultimately, Charles? Charles. (laughs) Charles. Ultimately, Carl reveals, like, statistically, she was just, like, the one that had the best outcome. Mm -hmm. Like, because he can run these simulations. Yeah. He's like, oh, I I ran, like, four billion simulations, and you were the one, like, we had the most success with you. But ultimately, okay, wait, we haven't even talked about, like, the whole reason Carl is sent there was, like, from this, like, his parents, or their parents, they talk about a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, it was to save humanity. They were on humanity's on a course of where they're going to ultimately destroy themselves. Yep. And <laughs> which yeah. uh, <laughs> a little too close to home. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Carl is sent there to ultimately spend some years there and like they kind of get these like awakenings a bit like after my third or fourth awakening, and then it was like ro- like the ball starts rolling when the um actual they become these statues across the world but ultimately carl is one carl has spread this like system of knowledge and cells and all of this shit infiltrating all of these things across the entire world yeah carl is everywhere carl is everything um which i think was a cool way of like explaining like it wasn't just these like statues yeah it was like and i think because i do think ultimately we are very one-sided with a lot of these alien invasion ideas mm-hmm. and it's like oh these beings are gonna come down or show up or whatever and it's like it doesn't have to look like it it would it can be possibly look like this. yeah yeah <laughs> and they wouldn't it wouldn't even necessarily like oh they look like humans infiltration mm-hmm. it would be like they're literally cells or knowledge or these bits and pieces of things that like are literally everywhere and become a part of yeah it's woven into the world exactly so i think that was pretty cool of like oh i was like oh like it just made me look at like the possibility of alien invasion like totally think about it Yeah. yeah um so yeah so carl they're there to save humanity and april's the way to do it and but at the very end (laughs) it's it wasn't just april it was yeah. like it's like I chose you, but I chose your. I chose Andy, Maya, Miranda, and every like your group. It was about all of you, mm-hmm. and like and you. It's like it's not you alone, and I thought yeah. that was so cool. And and, like, oh. and it's not even like I chose you because you were also. I mean, in addition to being statistically <laughs> the best option, right. they real they reveal like I also love you. Like I love yeah. you. Yeah. I but was like okay my heart <laughs> but it was like that became like i came to love you like because it was like yeah. after a certain wave it was like then they became capable of love and it was like oh Emotion. now 
emotion. And I love humans. I love how foolish they are. (laughs) I love how beautiful, but it was like, I loved all of, it just seemed like such a good, I don't know. I've always been interested with like, okay, what would be an objective, like perspective on humanity? It's a good question. Yeah. I've always thought about that. And oh God, I was such an idiot. Like at 16, I was like, I'm going to write a book about, like, I literally said, I was like, it was going to be about aliens, these like life forms that come and they just, they observe humanity. And it was going to be about that. And it was going to be from their perspective of like what they see in humanity mm-hmm. from an outside perspective, which I can't write. I don't know. I, in, <laughs> Apparently like, I was 16. Can. <laughs> I know Hank can. And so I loved reading all this stuff of like, Carl's perspective on humanity and why it deserves saving and how like powerful it is and how because it was ultimately like life is inevitable ultimately like it is life is not delicate and rare that's biology chemistry all of these things that just kind of happen in a lot of places actually right um so like that is not miraculous but your brains, your connection, love, your capability for thoughts and share and growth and all of these things, that is delicate. That is yeah. extremely rare. And that is what is worth saving, which I thought was so cool. Like, yes. Oh. I th- it was just such a, 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 a fully involved, like, intro perspective like moment yeah. to read this book you know mm-hmm. like one you're thinking about you know how your own relationship with social media affects your life right, right? and your well-being and your relationships in life and then two it's a reflection on like humanity like there's a lot of bad in the world we saw yeah. that also with like you know peter's gaggle of internet assholes right right and But then to have Carl, who, you know, you're not sure if they are supposed to be, you know, good or bad, really. But we're ultimately getting everything from April, who, like, is also kind of like, I don't know, but I I have to believe that Carl is good. Yeah. And so we're getting that. Right. Yeah. And ultimately, it's like April knows in her gut, like, I feel like I can trust Carl in the beginning, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then there's the, well, I mean he did they did like almost let me die right (laughs) right and they without my consent kind of turned me into this half alien because (laughs) her legs her legs were cut off her arms were cut (laughs) off (laughs) 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 Uh, yeah and she finally wakes up like six months after the fire where she Mm -hmm. dies or did kind of die and she's covered in this like or made of half made of this like pearly white weird material stone stuff yeah stone stuff that is also kind of reminiscent of the unearthly like material that carl was made of yeah i was like mm, this shouldn't this is not normal <laughs> um and but because of that like also Part of her brain got destroyed in that mm-hmm. too. So Carl had to rebuild <laughs> her, her brain. brain. Her head got smashed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but in doing so, it gave her un- inhuman capabilities. Yeah. Like a and computer so, brain kind of. Exactly. Vibes. And so, and this was literally, this is what Peter and his gaggle friends, they were afraid of. Yeah. They, this is what they were creating these controversies <laughs> that 
she was not just chosen, but she is also a part of them. She is yeah. also alien. And now she actually is. Right. So she finds out like six months later she's actually alive and it's mm-hmm. been six months, but she's also the thing that everyone was afraid she was. Right. And in the beginning, she's like unemotional, right? Yep. She has no emotion at first. Well, she gets, they build up and then they just go yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like such a powerful scene is uh, when April gets in the car with Maya. Mm-hmm. When, and Maya's like, I can't really believe this is happening but there's a april's like drive right yeah <laughs> um and you know maya's sitting there and she's kind of like what the fuck is happening but also like you know and at the end of the day right april doesn't even realize that i cut my hair you know right like i haven't seen her in six months and she, you know she's completely different and i've noticed that but i've changed something big about me too physically mm-hmm. and she doesn't even say anything and then like a little bit later like a few minutes later April's like, you cut your hair. Mm-hmm. And, then and you're like, like oh, here's the redemption arc. Yeah. yeah. And not only is she still human, but in the last six months that she's been basically dead, right? She now can realize, fuck, I fucked up a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, you know, forgiveness I have to ask for from people in my life. And mm-hmm. one of the people who stood by me and loved me the most is in front of me again and i'm not gonna lose that again yeah this is my second chance basically but i also have a lot of shit to deal with first (laughs) yeah a lot of shit (laughs) literally saving humanity um (laughs) and i liked that part of this book right focuses on miranda like Mm -hmm. there is a lot that we didn't get to know about miranda in the first book that now we get to know right Mm -hmm. and she gets to tell her story a little bit and she is pretty much one of the most core parts of ultimately like saving everything in the end yeah she from her own will has decided to infiltrate peter's labs because they're studying something she was studying and she's like well i need to get there i'm gonna get there at some point and if i get there too late then what's the point and also if this is evil then i can get there and be ahead of it maybe right I loved because like when they inter- they fly her out to interview her, mm-hmm. quote unquote, um, and Peter shows up to inter- her interview because obviously her name was attached to April's. So mm-hmm. Peter knows who Miranda is already yeah. and is like your security risk. So he shows up and he goes, he apo- like ultimately kind of apologizes mm-hmm. um, or but it's a really half ass apology of like didn't really claim responsibility for leading to April's death. Mm-hmm. Because, it, like, it was his response. Like, he, it was his adding fuel to the fire constantly, constantly, and letting that shit grow to the point where that happened. Yeah. Um, but he was like, I didn't like who I was. I'm so sorry. Like, I'm sorry that I am truly sorry that happened to April, mm-hmm. which is such a classic, like, oh, I'm sorry that your feelings are hurt and not, I'm sorry <laughs> I hurt your feelings. <laughs> Massively good point. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so it's like apologizing without actually taking responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, Typical man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Miranda's such a calm response. Like, cause he's like, do you hate me? And yeah. she was like, no, I don't hate you. I pity you. Like yeah. you're kind Mar- of pathetic. Badass. She's yeah. such a badass. But she like, she was just so honest and calm about it. And was mm-hmm. like, like truly reflecting in that moment of like, do I hate him? And I was like, wait, no. I just kind of think he's really small and stupid, kind of, yeah. you know? 
And I have zero respect for what he did back then and how he chased fame because, like, that was really pathetic, ultimately. But I want to be a part of this research. I don't hate you. I don't respect you, but I respect the research you're doing here. Right. And I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of it. Exactly. And ultimately, right, she's literally fucking imprisoned. Mm Mm-hmm. Eventually, yeah. Which was, like, the plot twist thing that we we get revealed. Like, she thinks she's just... She's in in the Alta space without knowing she's in the Alta space until she so, realizes. Okay. The Alta space, ultimately, like, is the dream. VR. <laughs> yeah. It's VR, but it's, like, an attempt to kind of recreate the dream that everyone collectively had in the first book. Mm-hmm. That everyone kind of grew to really love. And it was, like, a way for people to interact and connect and collaborate. And it was addictive. And it was addictive. Yeah. And um, because, like, you could be – you would go to sleep – and you do these things and solve these puzzles and stuff, but then you'd wake up and still be rested. Mm-hmm. And people like got really into it. And there were the psalm was created by Miranda and them about like kind of it was a way to collaborate and share ideas and what happened and what you find in the dream and how could we fix this puzzle and this riddle or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so th- when Carl left at the end of the first book, the dream left too. Yeah. And so then Peter's like we find out that it's not actually Peter's idea to do this. Right. There is another, it's Carl's brother. Yes. Who has no name. Who has no name. It's interesting that they say it's brother, even though we're calling Carl they, them. So is Carl's brother technically they, them as well? Carl's sibling. It, but it is Carl's brother. I know, but is, so is Carl's brother not a they, them as well? I, I think Carl's brother might just be a different form of being than Carl. Like, Carl is everything. I think, like, maybe Carl's brother is more of a, like, I don't know. But uh, ultimately, they are kind of the same thing, but Carl's yeah. sibling is much more powerful. Right. And was sent in, or was there, as a failsafe in case mm-hmm. Carl failed. And at when... April died that gave rise to Carl's sibling that okay now it's time to ultimately enslave humanity right before they kill themselves yes shape all of their thoughts and feelings and direction before Mm -hmm. they go off the wrong path but it's like okay well now they have zero autonomy and there's this alien life form in charge of seven billion people right and they use the Alta space to do it and the whole time you're like, what is Andy supposed to be doing? He's p- doing all this stock trading from the Book right. of Good Times. And then he's supposed to be addicted to the Alta space. And then he starts talking to the, the person, the thread, right? Behind Which this- I, I called that shit. I was like, the thread is also Carl. As soon as we learned about Carl's brother and how Carl's brother was connected to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, it's the thread, too. Yeah, this person's not a good person. And Hank tried to throw us off the trail by thinking mm-hmm. it was Justin Bieber. Oh my god, that was so funny. Where you're supposed to be like, is the thread Justin Bieber? And then yeah. it gives you a whole different perspective, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, there's so there's a lot of pieces that end up needing to come together, ultimately, mm-hmm. out of Carl's plan. And the thing is, like, Carl knows he's going to die. They are going to die. Yeah. Like, Carl is like, okay, we have all of these things that need to be done. He's, they've been piecing this all together. Through the he's book sa- like, times. 
and there were like he said or they said a few dozen books were given out to random like people who worked in Bex the girl who yeah. worked at yeah. Subway that Andy ended up like starting to date and Jessica and Mitty from Jessica the and Mitty <laughs> yes they got them and these pilots got them and these random people servers like that just had to be in the right place at the right time to contribute to the ultimate or like the overall um trajectory yeah like they all got these books Mm -hmm. so did april's parents get the books too i don't think so but then they said because april's parents were there at the end like the very end dinner and they said like april was like every single person in this room had gotten a book oh i don't know i don't remember that oh because then i don't know oh yeah okay um hank if you have an answer yeah, let us know. I, as I, I hate recording this thinking maybe Hank will listen to this. Hank, if you're listening. <laughs> I, love you. I, don't, I don't have anything to say. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've Silence. expressed it. I've gushed enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he gets the picture at this point. Also, can we talk about how also I like the outrageousness continued in the second book with Carl also being a monkey with a smartwatch on yes. it? There's so much that's like, here's something goofy. Yeah. Little comedic relief. This shit's yeah, heavy. Let's let's <laughs> lighten let's lighten the mood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's just a lot of thing like individual things that happen that are like you're like, I'm not sure if I like Carl. I don't know if they're really, you know, trustworthy because they let Maya get shot. Right. By fucking fish, which is came from Carl's sibling. And that is like, uh fuck, what's that shit called? Do we have an equivalent of that? Like the scavenger hunt game thing? Yeah. Something nodding. What? Something. You're on the internet more than I am. I don't I know. I am. I'm sorry. It's it's something. Something. Fuck. I don't know. But mm. um, we're like you're, you're following little clues on your phone and you get something for it. Right? Mm-hmm. Like that shit's. That shit happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. A day later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we're talking again. <laughs> Minor interruption. Yeah. I know, but I've been reflecting and I went back through yeah. like the quotes that I had marked in the book. So, you know, what? it was a good thing. It's okay. Um, what I want to talk about is like about halfway through this book, yeah. I started, I had this weird moment where I sat back and I was like, Peter and April are the same and their roles just reversed in the books. Mm-hmm. like and then it, but it was before they even like mentioned that because she had a moment with peter where she was like you and i are the same kind of or like she had a moment of reflection yeah. and it was like i thought that too and i was like i don't know it was just it was one of those things where i had a bit of an existential crisis of like how do we know what we're fighting for is actually like the right thing to fight for yeah when people are fighting for what they believe in with as much like passion and belief that their thing is right as like I have for the thing that I think is right. Right. And it's just like, is anybody right? Is there a right thing? <laughs> and, and then I, it was like, I watched a TikTok video. Cause I was like thinking about this with regards to like inclusion and um, tolerance and stuff. And it was like the paradox of tolerance. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, no, like, my tolerance ends where intolerance begins. Right. And it took me a moment to, like, kind of wrap my head around that. But, like, it's kind of the same thing of 
It's like when you start being intolerant of people for things that they cannot change or like identity or skin color, like those types of things, that's where my intolerance begins. Mm-hmm. Like I am only intolerant of other people being who intolerant. are intolerant <laughs> for very, very um, unfair Malicious. things. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. Because it's like it was a YouTube vi- or a TikTok video where this guy is like, Oh, I made this video for tolerance and like the neo like the neo Nazis are invited because everyone's welcome. And like the like very, very bad members of very, very bad things are invited because it's a tolerance group. And like everyone's invited. And then it was like, no, actually a club for tolerance it's not welcome to people who are intolerant of others. Which seems like such a weird backwards thing to wrap your head around, but it like that was mm-hmm. a very aha moment for me when I was like, okay. And so that's kind of what I drew upon when I was having this existential crisis about Peter in April. Interesting. And I was like, Peter is the intolerant one for bad reasons. And April is the toler- intolerant one of the I'm intolerant of intolerance person. <laughs> Sorry for that mind fuck. That's okay. I just woke up from a nap. <laughs> that was like when you're late for your philosophy class that starts at Sorry. 9 a.m. That's what that felt like. Um, But no, but I understood what you're Somewhat. <laughs> no, no, I, I got it. I got it. It made sense. Yeah. So I was um, thinking about that because I was like, there are so many res- like like similarities between Peter's whole thing in the second book of like, there's this great technology and it's great for humanity. In the same thing with, and then April's like, no, it's going too fast. Something's wrong here. Mm-hmm. The same way April in the first book was like, the Carls can be good for humanity. And Peter was like, no, something's wrong here. Something doesn't feel right. Right. So they just flip-flopped. Is that called a foil? I was I was thinking, I don't know, never mind. I was picturing a mirror and then pictured foil. And so I was like, yeah, I'm tired too, dude. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to English teacher your English teacher moment. I'm sorry. Okay. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I uh I I see what you mean and I see what Hank did there. Mhm. Mhm. So, I think another aspect of just this book being funny is like the way in which Carl delivers information. Yes. So, like, the way they told, they were, like, trying to get across to Miranda that, like, she was in trouble and that they knew she was in trouble and that, like, yeah. to warn her ahead of time that they were going to be, you know, assisting if they could. Uh-huh. And it was, like, a they go, it was the first thing that popped into my head. Yeah. <laughs> a, var- okay. a very overly large <laughs> chapstick that blipped in and out of existence. <laughs> And then Miranda was like, oh, shit, what this is fuck? not... That I'm doesn't in ha- the space. Yes, that does not happen in real life. I think the concept of Alta space is so trippy because it's so something that would it's become addicting. Fun. Dude, yeah. it's the metaverse. That shit's happening already. They're launching that. Yeah. And, like, the whole... Just, like, we have VR. That wasn't even something where... You know how, like, in sometimes in sci-fi and whatever, they do, like, oh, and it was a hologram, but you could touch it kind of thing. You know yeah. what I mean? It wasn't even like that far. It was like, no, some people have VR. Yeah. I mean, they usually just use it for porn, but you know, yeah. they have VR. 
Um, I love that they had added the adult section when um, it actually launched and Andy saw it. But when Miranda was like doing it with, um, oh, they when she saw the initial menu for things, mm-hmm. there was no adult section. I didn't notice that. So it went like it had everything on the list that Andy saw when he mm-hmm. finally got into the premium section or whatever. Yeah. Plus adult. Interesting. So what? Yeah. They didn't want the people at Alt Space watching or they porn. Had, <laughs> I guess so. Or they? I think they probably had access to it eventually. But like, I think initially when they were getting new recruits and showing yeah. off this technology, they weren't like, <laughs> "We have porn." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that wasn't their selling point. No, apparently not. <laughs> the people working there. It was probably an HR based decision not to be yeah. on there. But you I know, mean, I don't all... know how much of HR there was working there. Now that I now that I there wasn't, I I there was not in there. Yeah. What was interesting because this is it's like a similar idea to like Wally, I think. But like obviously you see in Wally with humans, like oh they just live and sit and they they're lazy and they get really fat. Mm-hmm. But then with this, it was like, no, they're sitting around lazy and their muscles are, like, going to be atrophied. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're peeing in buckets. And it, it was yeah. just, like, a, a much more – obviously not the Disney version of this. Yeah, it was the adult <laughs> version. <laughs> yes. Where people end up homeless because they're not paying their bills and then they chain their their VR rig to themselves because they're sleeping on the street. And to lampposts. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but it would happen. It would. It would. It 100% would. Because, like, it just... It was so realistic to even the Alta space of being, like, an open world kind of... Um, you I'm get gonna to say game, it. but it's not a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Programmed. Mm-hmm. Like, Minecraft is an open world, you know? Program. You know what? You know what I want to ask? So when, because I'm thinking about like the whole, he, Andy built like the spring day or whatever. And then he got um, the one or Carl's sibling or whatever, got Justin Bieber to tweet about it so that Andy would get like more sales so he could get into that premium space or whatever. Mm -hmm. I wonder if Hank was writing it this year, if he would have chosen someone other than Justin Bieber such as i think i would have chosen harry styles that's what i was thinking that's because, what i was going for. well but here's the thing hank has only recently become a harry styles stan yeah hank's assistant peyton who's a lovely human being um is a massive harry stan and she would continue to put harry on hank's timeline on twitter <laughs> to the point where Hank started to get invested himself. So I absolutely think you're onto something and he would have picked Harry Styles. If That's what I was written it today. Because Harry Styles is just so much more iconic than Justin Bieber at this point yeah. in yeah. time. Like yeah. I know Justin Bieber will always be timeless because of like 2008 to whatever right. timeline, but at this point I Harry need Styles you to read is Turtles all the way down because mm, okay. John Prides himself on how many One Direction references he made in Turtles All the Way Down. Okay. You're, as I'm Easter sold. eggs. <laughs> I'm sold. <laughs> I am sold. Obviously, one of the brothers had a more uh, intense Harry Stan phase than the other. But Hank's, mm-hmm. Hank's, you know, gaining ground with it for sure. He still has time. Yeah. Listen, HS3 on the horizon. Literally, Hank literally almost flew to Portland for the Harry concert that I went to, and I'm seriously sad he didn't. 
I feel like you would have fangirled more over seeing yes. Hank than Harry. Well, I think you, if you had seen me that evening, <laughs> possibly. I was just already in the headspace of small teenager Sam anyways. True. I full regression. Oh my, it was full regression. (laughs) Like, my partner had never seen me on that level before of just like absolutely earth shattering screaming. He's like, What the fuck? Who am I marrying? What is happening? Crying over (laughs) a man, a speck on the stage. Speck (laughs) on the stage. Oh my god. Yeah. Anyways, uh, it would have been nice for Hank to to have been there. I would have absolutely probably lost my shit even more mm-hmm. um yeah yeah um <laughs> back on topic <laughs> back to the book back to the book so things are resolved because carl ultimately sacrifices themselves. <laughs> so yeah. sad so sad i'm you know what i'm relieved about that the, the monkey lived yes yes <laughs> <laughs> i thought with carl dying the monkey that Carl inhabited would have died, but it yeah. didn't, and that made me very happy. And they kept it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this also showed a very dark side to like, obviously. I mean, obviously, we've been talking about this, but like money and investments, because mm-hmm. April they're trying to bring down the amount that Altus the Altus space is worth, worth so, they so can, that yeah. they can buy it and ultimately mm-hmm. destroy it, shut it down, all of that. And so they they're there to like get evidence to broadcast to the world to scare the investors mm-hmm. of like oh shit this is a human rights issue and stuff and even though they had that evidence it was like not enough still yeah and the investor guy or whatever that that Andy role, went through yeah he was like that's it that's all you've got I'm sorry but it's like, like they literally labor have... laws is not enough yeah ooh ooh that was that was icky to read <laughs> big icky and you know what i believe it too oh 100 uh, oh, hold on real quick i forgot to grab my books and they're in my book cart and i'm trying to reach far away mm. hold on i forgot to tell okay, you someone someone came into work um at the coffee shop the other and they're day. a fan of the podcast no, they were oh. wearing a Love on Tour sweatshirt, the same oh. one I have. And I was like, hey, I love your sweatshirt. And he was like, huh, thanks. I thought you were going to say, I recognized your voice. <laughs> no. <laughs> Good God. The day that happens will be the day I die because. That won't no. happen. Yeah. Good point. It just um, will not happen. Um. Yeah. Continuing. I have the books now. What else happened? I feel like there was more. There were more like big existential things I wanted to talk about, but I cannot remember them, which is maybe a good thing. I feel like this is gonna. <laughs> this is long enough, but that just goes to show this shit is worth reading. Yeah, there's a lot to that makes you think and reflect, and I think that's really cool. And it's like emotional, also. It is. I always say like it's very easy for me to give a book five stars if it, it can make me cry. Oh yeah, if I cry, and not just it's like not just instant. like oh my god, this is horrible, and that's why I'm crying. But like I'm feeling it so much that I'm crying because I do cry at everything. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's not a, the best. Uh... Maybe maybe this is why we've given almost every book this year so far five stars. <laughs> Listen, or we're just picking good books. I don't know, right? It happens. Uh, sure Who happens. knows? Who knows? We, we might start listening. picking ones that are like what. I know we took a moment. We stopped listening to TikTok about what to read, and we we're like, yeah. "Oh my god!" Specifically, five white stars. TikTokers. Yeah. Yes, we stopped then, listening to white TikTokers. 
And then it was like, wow, these books are amazing. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> these are all 10 to 10. Um, <laughs> uh, I will say I listened to, did, you didn't listen to the second book as an audiobook, right? No. Okay. So I did. And I was like, wow, there's still a lot of time left for such a short amount in the book. Um, oh, actually, one thing before I get to that is it said that Hank narrates. And I was like, again, but they have a different guy for Andy. So mm-hmm. I was confused. And then I realized, like, he's got little roles throughout. Oh, cute. Like, Andy does, a like, an interview on a podcast with somebody named, like, Randall or something. Uh, and he was the interviewer. And he was the interviewer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's Hank. I, what the? Um, but more than that, at the end of the book, of the audiobook version, Hank did an interview podcast that was, like, 45 minutes long. Oh, with a guy whose name I can't remember. And they talked mm-hmm. about, like, some of the real-life um, parallels and issues mm-hmm. that are brought up throughout the book. And I was like, Haha, us? Um, <laughs> but how cute, right? What a cute little audiobook-exclusive moment to have. Hank, we want you on our podcast. <laughs> right? <laughs> you can pick the book, buddy. <laughs> Whatever you want, we'll read it. I have been way too hopeful. I've been, like, talking directly to Hank throughout this podcast, thinking that maybe... You put this in my head. You were like, There's he'll probably There's he'll probably chance. listen to this. I and would. now I haven't gotten it out of my head. And now <sighs> I am speaking as if I'm speaking to the one and only Hank Green. And I'm half asleep. I am running on three hours of sleep and a single matcha latte. I am not Okay. <laughs> I worked, worked all morning, slept for 10 minutes, and then my alarm went off, and I was like, okay, I guess I'm back. Uh, had a disastrous interview with a, someone for my group oh, project. God. It was so bad. Oh, no. He, he literally gave me the, I don't think those are the right questions to be <gasps> asking. Stop. Yeah, it was embarrassing. Oh, my goodness. That's yeah. um something that might hap- happen to April, May. So, you know. Yep. Well, on that level, you're the main character. <laughs> um, do you ha- did you have a favorite line from let's go uh, at- did you have a favorite line from both books let me start with that okay N- from the first book I so that's a listened- yes no 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 okay I listened to the whole thing on an audiobook and just powered through and I did not take the time to okay take note when I like to pay passage but I have a feeling if you were to share some of yours <laughs> they would be I would be like yes I remember thinking if I had a sticky, I would sticky that. Okay, bet. So I okay. will read my few that I have. Um, okay. This might have stung all the more because I had a fairly similar trajectory. I inserted myself into this conversation when I didn't really belong there. I was pitching a particular ideology that fit for some people but didn't fit for others. It made perfect sense that a different perspective was going to feel more legitimate to people who were more afraid of otherness. A competing ideology was bound to pop up. I just didn't realize that at the time. And so I was legitimately shocked when people were paying attention to Peter Petrowicki. His perspective was ludicrous for a number of pretty obvious reasons. First, if the Carls wanted to destroy us, as we, abo- as we had both agreed, they couldn't do it instantaneously. Just because someone has power over you doesn't mean they're going to use it to hurt you. Mm. Yeah. Um, that one's very good. And then, oh, and then the rest of the line is people who believe that tend to either be one, people who have been victims of that sort of behavior, or 
Two, people who, if given power, will use it to hurt you. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's that's true. True? That's a true thing. Um, and then there's when... So many uh, good nuggets. Nuggets know, of knowledge. God, just, so many. Hank Green, the bringer of the nuggets of the knowledge. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Um, so then there's also when Peter is outing April on TV. Oh. Yeah, big one. And April says, no, it's fine. He's right. This has absolutely nothing to do with this conversation. But I'm bisexual, and that's just as regular as being gay or straight. A person's gender has never been a thing that influences whether I'm attracted to them. And that's just as regular as being gay or straight. Yes. Snaps Um, all around. Snaps all around. And then I have a purple tab here. What does that one mean? That's a different color than the other ones. Oh, it's because this was something I had. So... This, I, like, read these books before I used stickies the first time around, but not, mm-hmm. like, completely. So I, like, had one sticky in the whole book. Oh, what was it? What was so, your one sticky? So I double-marked it this time so I would remember that this was a one sticky moment. You feel me? Yeah. It was a text that Maya wrote to April toward the end of the book. You're so caught up in this. You have no idea. To Miranda and Robin, you're so much more than a person. They've mm-hmm. never known an April May that wasn't famous. Have either of them ever said no to anything you've ever told them to do? Listen to me, April. In those relationships, you have all the power. Too much power. I've watched you with them. They idolize you. That's how fame works. It sucks. No one you meet from now on is ever again going to feel normal around you. Both of them feel like it's just a, that it's a privilege just to be near you. This is just something that happens, not something you did on purpose. But when they let you do these frankly dangerous things that doesn't mean that they're agreeing it's a good idea they just can't say no to you april Mm -hmm. i hear you but please trust me do not do this i am telling you do not do this because i love you that was big and then if only she listened that was all mine from an absolutely remarkable thing those are i probably would have stickied all of those okay going to yeah a beautifully foolish endeavor i want to i i want to talk through all of all of my stickies because I <laughs> I cut them down. I didn't cut them down enough, but um, Ooh, so okay. I have a lot too. So let's so go. Let's go. Hold on. What's our procedure if we mark the same ones? Because I have a feeling we might. This one, like this book, made me cry a lot. Yeah. This one. Yeah. This one's big. Um. What's our procedure? <laughs> what's the procedure, everybody? What's the procedure? What's the procedure? Everybody, stay calm. Stay fucking calm. Okay. Um, I think that if we get one, we we shoot. I'm not walking downstairs and getting alcohol. Then we're not shooting. Okay. okay. Then that's sorry. The I you live in a studio. I live upstairs. <laughs> I do not want to walk all the way downstairs. <laughs> okay. Bet. All right. Go. Okay. Um. So I think I forgot about what stickying was until like I was at page 154 when I had my first sticky. Because I, I think I, there definitely were things before that I would have stickied, but I just didn't. Um, but the first one that I really liked was the one about attractive. It took me nearly a decade to become comfortable with my attractiveness. For a long time, I was afraid of it, or rather, I was afraid of the attention it brought me and uncomfortable with the idea that I could have power over someone just because of the way I looked. I realize now that power you can't control isn't power at all. Because mm-hmm. I liked all, all of the things about power in the first and second book, and like there were just lots of little reflections on what power was and what power, what responsible power looked like. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think I just liked those. And then on page two hundred two, 
it was Carl talking about why they chose April. And it was why? Everything. Mm -hmm. Because April studied graphic design, sure. But also because she spoke English. Also because she was young and attractive and non-threatening. Also because of who her friends were, who her parents knew, her ambition, and a certain lack of empathy. That kind of surprised me. Like, I felt it. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. She did lack a certain, like, empathy. But, like, I don't know why. Like, just seeing it written out, I was like, oh, shit, yeah. Like, how that was useful to Carl was, like, that lack me an empath feeling like blah, blah blah i don't know but um uh, that's funny that you marked that because i marked a quote on 203 really which one which was you... you want stories that make sense and this might not make sense to you we build narratives of genius and exception exceptionality among the people who have power and they are often exceptional but no more yeah. exceptional than hundreds of thousands of others. In your system, power concentrates naturally. And so the thing that is most exceptional about a powerful person is almost always their power. Mm-hmm. I gave April power because she had an exceptional ambition and recklessness, but also because she cared so much about what other people thought of her that she would always try to do the right thing. It was simply the right combination for the moment. I'm sorry she's not the secret daughter of a space alien <laughs> yeah. or something. She was just the right person. And then on the bottom of that page, in my fourth awakening i realized i was built to love, love you. you yeah <laughs> oh I, and then i really the next page was an expert from the book of good time excerpt from the book of good times and it was about gold and it was the thought however mm-hmm. is that gold has intrinsic value this is very silly nothing has intrinsic <laughs> value the value of gold is just a story you tell yourselves it's a sticky story though gold is shiny and so people have traditionally been happy to spend a great deal of societal surplus on it I also love on page 109, just to go back a little bit, Mm -hmm. when um, Maya and Miranda are on the phone Mm -hmm. and Miranda's having her little like quarter life crisis breakdown moment. When she spoke, which wasn't immediately, her voice had become so gentle that it almost felt like a different person. Quote, if I were with you, I would hug you so hard right now. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. We're all going at our own speed. So sweet. So sweet. Because, yeah, that's life. We're all going at our own speed. It's okay. It's all um, good. Page 228. Okay. It was about grape jelly. I said, okay. note, <laughs> note to future envoys, add a touch of whimsy to your necessary murders. It confuses <laughs> them. <laughs> I love that. So funny. I love Carl. Um, oh, my God. And then um, 235, it was <gasps> kind of... It is BTS in the Sistine Chapel and oh. Rumi's poetry and yes, Ross yes. Geller on the stairs yelling, pivot! Pivot! <laughs> Every creation, great and small, they are our diamonds. Yes. I have that whole excerpt yeah. uh, highlighted, too. That was a really good one. You have no idea how marvelous you are, but yes. I'm not only here to protect what you are now, I'm here to protect what you will become. <laughs> I can't tell you what that might be because I don't know. That unknown is a diamond in a university of dirt. In a universe of dirt. <laughs> uncertainty unpredictability it is when you turn your emotions into art bts sistine chapel i thought that was so cute. That i love that amazing that was yeah. a good good paragraph it was beautiful um, i think you probably also have the next page marked the pandemic's climate yes. change, bigotry inequality <laughs> wars water scarcity sea level rise and some that's not necessarily as a, as a favorite line but as a that's a Ooh, little too accurate yeah. for comfort line as a scary line. i'm scared yeah i'm in danger yes i have that and then i jump to 278 okay similar one because this was even more scary 
the monkey seemed to smirk. All of this will make you less able to handle unlikely but untimely or, or but ultimately inevitable catastrophes, especially if they compound a war on top of an unstable climate on top of a pandemic, for example. Not funny, but the only <laughs> way I can cope is through laughing. Um, so that uh, especially reading that one in the last like week and a half that was yeah, like yeah uh, yeah not not yeah. cute yeah. yeah um mine skip all the way towards the end now i like i have i differentiated between i like this and like this is probably my favorite that was like how i was going oh um, i have one i have one on two ahead. okay 283 okay um it was when they were in the super high-rise fancy building and she was like, it felt wrong, or they were, yeah, felt wrong to be sure. It felt like both trespassing on whoever owned that place and trespassing on society for enjoying something so decadent. Did I take pets and bats in the giant soaking tub with a view of both the Hudson and the East River <laughs> and everything in between? Yes. But I had complicated thoughts about structural inequality while I did it. It's just so self-aware. This it is. Because it's like, if I, ha- if I had an opportunity to join someone on a private jet, I mm-hmm. would take it. Mm-hmm. And I would think the entire time, sipping my champagne, I would think the entire time about how fucked up it is. Yeah. And but how I would bad still it is say for the environment. Yes. I would still do it for the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <sighs> I like the line on 440. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm still back at 315, but yes, go. Okay. Where Andy and April are texting. Mm-hmm. And April says, they wanted to be the future. I think that was why they were so dangerous. The most impactful thing you can do with power is almost always to give it give away. Give it away. I marked yes. that one. Oh, look at how many shots we would have taken. We, we would have been shots. drunk. Hell okay. yeah, we would have. <laughs> so 315. Um, it's all about like freedoms. The, mo- the monkey looked at Maya like she was a crazy one, which I could tell was infuriating her. Then they said... But you allow other entities to take away your freedoms all the time. Mm-hmm. It's an intrinsic part of your system. It couldn't function without that. You grant companies access to your attention so that they can alter your choices in exchange for entertainment. You identify with groups and grant them the ability to choose for you which problems you will be most concerned about. You listen to a friend when they are care about something and then you care about it too. One of the most powerful traits of your system is how ardently you believe in your individuality while simultaneously operating almost entirely as a collective. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one. I was like, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, next one. Sorry. I'm I yeah. only have a few more. I don't have I one like, more. So have, go okay. ahead. Um, 329. Oh, it was about hatred and bigotry because this made me kind of think about it too. Cause I'm like, Oh, the, the first step to kind of rooting out hatred and bigotry and stuff is education. And this kind of was like, Mm -hmm. call me a pessimist, but I think if bigotry could be solved by access to more information, it would have been solved by now. Hate Mm -hmm. isn't about a lack of understanding. It's about hate. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. huge. That's huge. That is huge. And it was kind of like shit. Hank Green, you're right. <laughs> Am I surprised? And you're correct. No. Yes. Yeah. Um, at the end of M- Miranda's last chapter, she has a line where she says, "I feel whatever the feeling is the sorry. I feel whatever feeling is the exact opposite of regret." And uh, I love that. But that's not my last one. 
So okay. I just wanted to throw one in while you, just between throw yours. A fun one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Three seventy five. Yeah. It was yeah. a beaut- Maybe if we could take down Altus, we could have all of that. People would remain free to continue the beautifully stupid endeavor of humanity, and I would just be a person again. It just said beautifully stupid endeavor, so I was like, right. okay, Correct. I need to mark that. <laughs> You're semi there. <laughs> yeah, almost there. Um, Three seventy eight. Okay. Um, you will. Oh, I love this one. You will always struggle. This was um, a book the, in the book for Andy. Mm-hmm. And you will always struggle with not feeling productive until you accept that your own joy can be something you produce. It is not the only thing you will make, nor should it be, but it is something valuable and beautiful. I love that. And it was just like, I'm, I mean, that's such a reflection of capitalist culture. And yeah, like you producing your own joy for the sake of joy mm-hmm. alone. Like, if this worthy. podcast made money, <laughs> we would really be stressing yeah. about reading. <laughs> <sighs> oh, God. Um, my last one was on... Wait, wait. Oh, I, okay. I, I have one more, and then I have a last one, and I want to know if my last one is your last one. Okay, so. I bet it is. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Wait, now I'm stressed that it's not going to be, and the pressure's on. But anyways, okay, I ahead. did. Um, 387. Um. Oh, this is when she was talking to Peter and she says, I guess maybe that was true of me too. So maybe that's why I hate you so much because you and I are the same thing. Mm. I think I'm better, but who knows? Maybe I'm not. (laughs) Maybe you really have convinced yourself that you're some Alexander the Great ushering in change and the role you play is actually important. But that's always been a lie. There are no great men. Only moments when power is unleashed and and then dicks like you turn around or turn theft and murder from taboos into tools. Yeah. And isn't that terrifyingly accurate? Isn't that the mm-hmm. truth? Ain't that the truth for real? Okay. What's your last one? Okay. My last one is Maya's last chapter. And she says, we did buy a house together. In general, I would suggest not having a very large shared asset with a girlfriend who has not always been the most stable person mm-hmm. in your life. But I don't know. It felt a little like she had changed. Or maybe that's just my April-shaped blind spot. I think part of the point of loving someone is being able to deal with their brokenness. Yes. That's what I was talking about earlier. Yes. Yes. In the podcast. Uh, that was not mine. Mine was <gasps> 445. And it was um, Carl talking to Maya in that. I have this it, marked, but it didn't quite make the purple mark. Okay. Um, it was, I love to watch you. I love to mm-hmm. learn about you. I loved loving you. You're radically mm-hmm. collaborative, profoundly empathetic, and deeply communal. Everyone who tells you anything different is selling the fear that is the only thing that can break that nature. Yes. Oh, wait. Maybe this – who is this to? This was – no, Maya. This is to – this was the letter that they found at the bottom of the potato Oh, thing. yeah. That was so That cute. was for both of them in the and future. And then err on the side of caution and listen to Maya. <laughs> yes. So cute. Oh, and those were an absolutely remarkable thing and a beautifully foolish endeavor. Um, I will continue to recommend these books to anybody. Um, we're just going to jump into ratings and I'm going to start because I read these first. Mm-hmm. Um, these are beautiful. These are fives. Like I know we're yeah. being extremely liberal with our fives so far this year, but who knows? We might end up reading a bunch of shitty books toward the end of the year. You never know. But these are masterpieces. Very good. should be treated as such. Yes. What For what rating? they are, fives. Yeah. As a collective. <laughs> Yeah, fives. I They're both loved fives. these. I yes. yeah. 
Like, genuinely, I was looking at reviews on Goodreads, and I was like, fuck you for not giving, like, <laughs> I was up in arms to defend Hank Green in these books. Like, it felt, any bad review feels like a personal attack on Hank, because these yes. are so violently Hank in every way. I think also there's a stigma that came with, like, John writes a lot of romance. I mean, not anymore, but, like, YA romance, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I think people were expecting Hank to go along the same lines of that. But one, but John a is a hopeless boy. romantic. Yeah. And two, Hank is a science boy. <laughs> there uh, was this, a beautiful romance in this, though. Yes, it was just, you know, second to that actual the plot. absolute silliness and deep provoking thought bubbles, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. that that were the series. I also think people can't, like, get past sci-fi. Like, I wasn't expecting this to be sci-fi when it was yeah. announced and it then i was is, like okay weird cool but i'm in a very specific genre that <laughs> very specific people like because yeah. it makes people feel dumb honestly in a lot of ways <laughs> like there were moments in this book i felt really stupid because i was just like i'm skipping words right now because <laughs> i don't know how to pronounce them um well it's a good thing you won't be tested later on that's true what would happen if an alien named carl came to the world that we live on that is true. Right? I understood the concepts, Hank. Just, you did a good job teaching them. Listen, so in but, that regard, don't feel stupid because I bet there's a lot of people who didn't get the political side and, you know. Yeah. We just have different brains. We're not yeah. science That's okay. We're That's us. That's true. Wow. Us. Look at that. Look at that. you have any uh, further remarks? Did you have a song? There's there's playlists <laughs> for these, so I don't have a song. I feel like I, I should. I don't. But- all of the songs mentioned, those are my songs. Yeah. Oh, Renegade or um, Mr. Roboto or something like that, I feel like, by Styx. I don't know why. They're both, like, okay. 80s-ish. And okay. then, like, the when robot. When you said Renegade, I was like, no, like not the Renegade? ambassadors. <laughs> oh, oh. Renegade, there are too Renegade. Many, there are too many Renegade shit. <laughs> Stop. I'm too tired for this. I'm so out of it. Okay, I think that's where we're going to leave it for this episode. Uh, Before we part, we'd just like to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to leave a review on whichever platform you're listening on, if applicable. If you're a Hank Green, message us. (laughs) If you have any further questions regarding topics discussed throughout the episode, feel free to join our Hardcover Hose Discord server via the link in the show notes. Or send us an email at hardcoverhosepod at gmail.com. Feel free to recommend books to cover in future episodes as well. As always, I am Sam Dixon. I'm Sammy Squirstead. And I was serious, Hank. Please message us. Um, <laughs> That's, stop. This, been, stop. this has been an episode of Hardcover Hosts. <laughs> Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed this listening experience and you'd like to follow along with us next time, the next book on our to be read list is mm-hmm. Bad Luck Bridesmaid by Allison Rose Greenberg. And trust me, you won't want to miss it. Until we meet again, enjoy your reading.